The Hoop Collective is brought to you by Goodyear, helping you discover the road ahead. Goodyear, more driven. If you're looking for world-class soccer, ESPN Plus is where to find it. The best teams, the biggest stars, and over 20 international leagues and tournaments. La Liga, Bundesliga, MLS, FA Cup, Copa del Rey, and more. Sign up now at ESPNplus.com. To the Hoop Collective podcast, we talk about the NBA. It is almost 1 a.m. on Friday morning, and the Milwaukee Bucks have just taken a 3-2 lead, one game away from setting up a Bucks Suns final. Uh, joining us from Dallas, Texas, where it's uh, still Thursday, is Ben McMahon. Howdy, partners. Joining us from the Serve Forum, where he is uh, covering the Eastern Conference Finals. Is Tim Bontemps? Where in the Fiserv Forum are you at this moment? I am sitting uh, in a suite next to uh, a picture of Oscar Robertson, who was on nice. the Bucks the last time the Bucks made the uh, NBA Finals, or I shouldn't say that the last time they won a championship fifty years ago this year. As was uh, as was Lou Alcindor at the time, and this by Brooke Lopez might have been the best Bucks big man performance in the playoffs since Lou and and. Uh, than Kareem's reign. Hmm. I'd have to research that to verify that. But uh, Bon Temple's gonna he's gonna stick up for Bob Lanier. The old, that is still Bonnie. That is correct. But I looked it up. Uh, Bob Lanier never scored thirty three for the Bucks in a playoff game. He did for the Pistons, <laughs> not the Bucks. Brooke Lopez looked yeah, like Bob uh, Lanier tonight. Brooke Lopez looked like what? What would you say? Like two thousand. 11 Brook like, Lopez? You look like 2012-13 Brook Lopez when I covered the Brooklyn Nets. Right. And Brook Lopez was known as being a masher in the low post as opposed to the three-point flow spacer that he has become in recent years. He, he looked like 2000, like two Shaq. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, the Bucks seem to realize today uh, for the first time in a while, uh, especially at, uh, the first time since game three, that they uh, are enormous and far bigger than their opponents and proceeded to beat them into the ground like a varsity, varsity team playing a junior varsity team. Yeah, so the Bucks just got, I mean, without Giannis, uh, obviously, they needed guys to step up. And they just got an incredible all-around game. I mean, like Drew Holiday played terrific, especially defensively. Bobby Portis, who is becoming a a hero, or is it he's already a hero in Milwaukee? Um, they love him because he plays hard. Um, but you know, he as a actually, scout today, he also shot eight thousand percent on open threes this year for the Bucks, and certainly uh, has endeared himself to the fans for that reason too. Well, you know, he took twenty shots in this game tonight. Um, I can't imagine they ever envisioned him taking 20 shots when they signed him last summer. Or he probably envisioned himself doing it, though. You know, Bobby <laughs> definitely envisioned it. The story so, of this game my... is Bobby Portis completely dominated John Collins. Like, you want to sum this game up in a nutshell? Forget uh, Brooke Lopez and everything else. I mean, John Collins ended up with 19-8. and eight. It was pretty invisible, and most of it was in garbage time. I mean, Bobby Portis completely outplayed him. You know, that's the That sums up this game from soup to nuts. I mean, you know, just listen to these numbers. Bobby Portis, 22 points, eight rebounds, three assists. How about three assists? Um, <laughs> three steals, all right? Brooke Lopez, 33 points on 14 of 18 shooting, seven rebounds. Chris Middleton, 26 points, 13 rebounds, eight assists. Drew Holiday, 25 points, 13 assists, six rebounds. Um, 
like that's just it's just awesome basketball. And you know, the Bucks you mentioned about being in the paint, they shot 24 of 28 in the paint in game two, which is as good as I've ever seen in a playoff game. They were 33 of 50 in the paint in this game without Giannis. Not so, a great uh, night for the for Clint Capella's case as a top five center in the league. No. Yeah, he Definitely only played not. 20 minutes and it yeah. didn't go well. He got he got uh, railroaded in this game. I mean, look, the Bucs had 44 points in the paint in game four when they came out and insanely shot 14 three-pointers and 21 shot attempts in the first quarter and, again, forgot the fact that they are enormous and should be just pummeling. How does that happen? We're in the well, Eastern Conference Finals. Don't even get me started. Don't even get me started. It, it, this team, this team never does the things that it should. It's just a, it's a constantly. Is that is that? It, I mean, it's I have to it's assume, such an all over team. I have to assume that Mike Budenholzer, reinf- this is not deep level analysis. Shoot, attack the rim. And it's, by the way, it's not like the Hawks played um, uh, a tight two one two zone. You know, no. but I mean, I don't think they're doing anything to dissuade pain attacks. I mean, they're trying to defend it, but. Um, I mean, look, the, 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 the Bucks got over 60 points in the paint or averaged over 60 points in the paint in games one, two, and three. They had 44 points in the paint in game four. They come out tonight. They had 28 points in the paint in the first quarter. Wild. 28 <laughs> points with, in the paint with, with in the Giannis first quarter. Sweats. With Giannis watching on the bench, and they had 44 points in the paint in the first half, the same number they had all of game four. So, yes, I think the Bucs very clearly remembered that they are huge, and they have a center who used to be a guy who averaged 20 points a game and shot incredibly efficiently all within five feet of the rim. And they said, all right, we're going to smash these guys into the goal. And they did that over and over and over again. And while the Hawks got back in the game because the Bucs did their usual thing where they messed around and kept it more interesting than they should have, ultimately that size advantage was too much. And whether Trey Young comes back in game six or not, if they don't fix that in game six, the series is going to end on Saturday. Well, they may not have to fix it because well, they yeah. may they may not shoot in paint in the paint in, the, in game six. Well, they because I mean that, Brooke Lopez that, was Brooke Lopez was also walking to the rim for dunks. I mean they were giving up just ridiculously easy shots. I mean the Bucks are bigger than them, but some of this was also just the Hawks were just completely demolished in the first it, quarter. Of this it game. is crazy how you see games at this level because the Bucks came out in game four, kind of in a daze. I mean, look, sometimes you miss shots, but it is amazing to watch. And it's not just this series. I mean, it happens. It's been happening for the almost 20 years I've covered the NBA. It's wild how often in playoff games, teams start flat. In the, fir- yeah. in the first quarter of game four, the Hawks got out to a 10-2 run and led the game. It was in the first three minutes, the Bucks called timeout. Tonight in game five, the Bucks got out to a 10-2 run in the first three minutes of the game, and the Hawks called timeout. It was just the same. It was the same game in reverse. It was, right. It's was the way it goes sometimes. Yeah. yeah game, the, game four, I thought the Bucks were going to win that before Giannis got hurt because he was starting to take agreed. over the game. They were dominating in the third quarter before Giannis. Yeah, got and hurt. then he got hurt, and all the air went out of the balloon. Well, we'll see that Giannis knee injury. I, I mean, uh, first off, the fact that there was no torn ligaments, <sighs> no sprained yeah. ligaments, if we're to believe. Um, Very fortunate. The, uh, you know, that's amazing. Well, I mean, thank like, goodness it went straight back as painful as it, I'm sure it was instead of any kind of side to side. You're being right. in the arena and hearing being in the arena the other night and hearing Giannis yell when he went down. I, I was thinking the worst as were everybody yeah, else and, sitting there. I mean, and look, it was, I don't think it was scary. I don't think any of us are, are real optimistic about seeing him again in this series, much less. I don't 
in the playoffs, I think is very iffy at best. But at least it's not something that's going to be a surgery going in the next year type of deal. Yeah, well, that's I all. I, honestly, that was that was all I was thinking about when he went down. Was just let's not have this guy miss all the next season. So yeah, well, that's, it, that's I all was I was happy to hear the news. Yeah. Yes, I mean yes, that's like the, the night that. Um, can you answer that phone in the uh, suite? There may be. <laughs> Sorry, a, my, uh, that wasn't me. That no, wasn't this me. is my this is my teenage daughter who's on vacation with uh, her mom and is just now calling me back today. Oh, that's <laughs> had a great time. I thought yeah. it was time to order dessert in the suite. Um, uh, so the you know the night like the night Durant went down, um, you know. The a lot of people were like, "Well, yeah, he's out for the series." I mean, a lot of people were like, "Yeah, he's out for the series." I'm like, "The series, dudes, he tore his Achilles. We're not going right to see up. him for a year, right. a right. year, right?" And so, right. like, and by the way, he may never be the same again. Now, luckily, he has been; he's recovered amazingly. But you know, I'm just I'm thinking about Giannis. Like, oh man, like, you know, we're in we're in July. I mean, he right. he's may be gone for next year and who knows like his recovery i was like just really you know it was really sad so the fact that like if you're the bucks you're you're saying can we please somehow get him back out there because we're right here we're you know we're five games away you don't want to you know you don't want to lose this great opportunity but at the same time i was afraid that this was going to be a career altering moment so when that came back, uh, no structural man. Like, if he's out the rest of the playoffs, I'm like, okay. I mean, it's a bitter, upset thing, but it's um, it's certainly they are, better they're than already the ahead. It's certain, oh, yes. It's certainly better. It's certainly better than the alternative. And look, he's you know who knows he, if they can get through this series. You know, I, I think there's a chance he could come back at some point. Um, you know, who knows? They haven't really said. I mean, the fact that he was doubtful for game five certainly gives me some optimism that this isn't a extremely long-term thing, right? Like if he was just out, you would think he'd be out. So, um, (laughs) you can at least, you can at least hope for, if you're a Bucks fan, you can at least hope for a a near-term recovery. And again, like I said, the other night when he went down, I was thinking the same thing as you and everybody in that arena was like, even, you know, obviously that's an arena full of Hawks fans and the whole place, you couldn't hear a pin drop while he was on the ground. Like everybody, I think just real, especially with the amount of injuries that we've had in these playoffs and to a lot of big game players, I think that, that was a moment where everybody was kind of like, man, really? Like, is this going to happen again? Yeah. And um, for him to get up, you know, like Nate McMillan said after that game, I thought it was pretty classy how the fans in Atlanta handled that. And like you said, Brian, I was very relieved that the news came back the way it did. And, you know, see him sitting there in street close tonight, watching his team rampage around, it makes you think if they can find a way to get through this series and get to the Suns in the finals, you know, we'll, we'll see if he can make a return at some point. Yeah. So Trey Young, I mean, there was some, I saw some people bemoaning that Trey Young, you know, w- you know, w- the other night I thought, well, it was a ankle turn, you know, he probably could play through it, but then it came back bone bruise, not turned ankle bone bruise. And, you know, well, he's got a sprained ankle and a bone bruise, just to be right. just to be clear. Right, right. But the bone bruise is the problem. Right. And uh, I don't have the uh, exploits, the athletic exploits like uh, McMahon does. But um, <laughs> when I was uh, uh, when I was uh, when I was a teenager, I was a catcher on a baseball team and uh, I got a bone bruise in my ankle when uh, it was a play at the plate. And that, I mean, not that I'm comparing myself to Trey Young, just to be clear, but that thing was vicious for 
couple of months. So when I hear bone bruise, I think people are like, oh, just a bone bruise, no big deal. And, you know, there's mm-hmm. obviously varying degrees. But um, I assure you, this was a vital game. 2-2 two, two game fives are where careers are made, quite frankly. Well, and, yeah. and for, for him not to be able to play, he's, in, he's obviously very – um, I think there was some footage tonight that uh, TNT showed of him doing some. Yeah, I was some... watching him. He was out here shooting before the game. He got some threes and floaters up. Yeah, what do you think of that? I mean, I thought he was moving okay, but you know, ultimately it comes down to, um, you know, it's sort of the same decision as Game Four. They they got him through two forty eight hours of rehab and, and treatment, and he went out there and tested it, and he didn't feel comfortable on it, and so he didn't play. And it's the same thing tonight in Game Five. And I think the hope was. Um, hey, let's see if we can get another win, steal another win without Trey and have him ready to go, hopefully, in game six uh, in Atlanta and try to close this thing out. And, I, you know, I think maybe Miller said he expects him to be a game-time decision again, and I, I expect yeah. this to kind of be a similar thing. But, you know, I think, you know, I think there's at least a chance that he'll play in game six. And, you know, certainly it would be a welcome boost for Atlanta if they could get him back out on their home court to uh, try to keep their season alive. McMahon, yeah. who's, a deep, who's a deeper team, Atlanta or Milwaukee? Uh, well, I was – that's a good question. They've both got a star and a key guy out right now. Jeez. Uh, I mean, I think it's Atlanta. I think it's Atlanta well, too. You and know. so – you know, if this is a, I was talking to Bon Temps the other night. If this was a chess match, and I don't, I don't know chess well enough. I don't know if would Giannis be the queen and and Trey be the king. I, you know, I I don't know. Well, um, here's the thing. Just chess. just do it this. Just do it this way. Of the remaining players in the series, you're taking, in my opinion, Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday first and second in some order. So yeah. if if well, those that was are the, the two case tonight, and then Brooke was right, right there, right. Yeah. So and and Brooke is up there somewhere. Uh, high on the list too. But what so, I'm saying is, 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 is if if you're looking at this on a balance sheet, well, but you, my, what if, I'm saying one is, one team what loses I'm, Trey and one team loses Giannis. I I sort of think it's advantage Hawks, but I, that's what not I'm, what happened tonight. Well, what I'm saying is, at the end of the day, the Hawk, the Bucks have the two best players left in the series. Well, so that's a good point. That's this, a good this, point. This series remains on the Bucks bracket, and if and if they lose this series, even without Giannis. They should be embarrassed because they, well now they've got a three-two lead with home court. They, so. Yeah, they just just look at again. Just look at this game today. Except for the game where they decided all they were going to do was shoot threes for forty-eight minutes. This team has walked to the rim every second of the series. They should they should have dominated the series from the beginning. And other than like I said, the, the end of game one, what they completely disappeared. And in game four, they just did insane things before Giannis got hurt and then they got snowed under in that run right after that but they have they have largely controlled the series and they've done so because they just physically are much more they're just overwhelming the Hawks and again if they can just stick to that at least in one of these next two games they should be in the NBA finals whether they have Giannis back or not yeah well and whether Trey's uh, back or not because those physical advantages aren't going anywhere I don't know true but Trey can shoot you to a win Listen, yeah, Trey, I'm not I'm not saying I'm not saying the Hawks are incapable. They're obviously capable. They've they've gotten this far. I mean, they've got through the Sixers, right? They they've got through I mean, they they've had an inc- a terrific playoff run. I'm not saying that to diminish the Hawks, but the Bucks the Bucks are the better team and they should win this series. They have to win true. one out of a two including a home game. And if they don't win it, it's it's on them. 
It's not because Atlanta, like Atlanta will do things well if they win these next two games, but that's going to be a loss for the Bucs more than it is a win for the Hawks, in my opinion, because the Bucs well, should again. win this series. And, and Trey, look, if this is a regular season, he's probably missing at least a couple weeks, right? So he's trying to come back day to day when it's probably a multi-week uh, type of injury. Yeah. Um, so, so you say, well, how, you know, how well is he going to be able to play on on one wheel? But then you say, well, Donovan Mitchell just averaged <laughs> whatever thirty some odd points, you know, for two series on one wheel, basically. Yeah, listen, and Trey Young is re- again, Trey Young's really good. The Hawks have a good supporting cast. Bogdan Bogdanovich mm-hmm. has been really good the past couple of games. That's been a big step for them. Um, you know, they, they've got a good collection of players. I Cam mean, they, Reddish they can, sort of come. Cam Reddish back. has come back and he's done yeah. some stuff. Kevin Herter didn't the, make shots. The, today, the other piece of the good. Luca trade deal. That's right. He was the he was the and first round pick in the uh, in that trade. Uh, so look, they they the Hawks definitely are talented. But like I said, if you just take the guys remaining in the series as of this moment with Trey and Giannis out, yeah. the Bucks have the best two players. If the yeah. if a team has the best two players in a series. How often should they lose the series? Basically, never, right? So your your they point better win is, the series. Yeah, your point is well taken, especially at this point because they did play so well and they had a game plan that worked, and you know they have two games to win one to to make the finals for the first time since Kareem demanded a trade. You know, it's funny Kareem is a Kareem is a sidelight potentially in the Bucks Suns finals because. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's way back there. It's kind of it's you're kind of forcing the storyline, but um, you know, part of the Suns' history, 1969, their second year, um, they're they're tied with uh, Milwaukee for their worst record, so they're going to flip a coin to see who um, is going to get the number one pick and Lou Alcindor. Lou Alcindor was, you know, everybody knew this guy was going to be a superstar, instantaneous changer, you know. Uh, LeBron James, Shaquille O'Neal type stuff. You know, it had even a faster impact, frankly, than LeBron and Shaq. Uh, Shaq was pretty yeah, influential. He, but... he 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 was four at UCLA. Yeah, he was. He came in right. He came in and and was one of the best players the moment he stopped on in the on the court and in the whole league. <laughs> exactly. So they had a coin flip, um, and the coin flip was over the phone. Um, mm. There's actually footage that exists of Jerry Colangelo. And the head coach of the Suns at the time, and I can't remember who it, it was now, but a very young, very young Jerry Colangelo listening to the coin flip over the phone. Walter Kennedy is the is the um, is the team is the uh, NBA commissioner, and they had a, a a contest in Phoenix. Should they call heads or tails? Somehow they got to make the call, like before, and. Um, uh, they've there was some vote and it came out fifty one percent heads forty nine percent tails so they voted heads and they flipped the coin uh, and Jerry's just listening on the phone I mean you know people talk about the frozen envelope I mean yeah well, you could you imagine conspiracy theories now if I mean, this thing wasn't I mean, on video geez, I mean you don't even maybe there was nothing, maybe there wasn't even a coin um, really and he incredible. flips the coin J Walter Kennedy catches it it's heads. But as is the tradition, you flip it over onto the back of your hand, mm. uh, like we used to do as kids or whatever. And so it comes up tails, bucks, and the get, bucks get one of the five best players of all time. Yeah, and they win a championship. What two years later? Yep. Uh, get Oscar, years get later. Oscar Robertson, another hall of another all time great player, and and two years later they yeah. win a title. 
Yeah, they, I saw this in your story, Wendy. I I had never heard of the guy the Suns drafted. I must admit, Neil Walk, number two pick. Yeah, didn't have a terrible career. Average twelve point six points, seven point seven rebounds, and over eight years, a respectable pro career. The other not, guy not... has the all time leading scorer <laughs> in the history of the yeah. game. Uh, right. You know the and just this thing. You know, we just had the lottery last week. But you know this this is everything. You know the the pick is everything when you have a player like that. It was it was the case in the '60s. It's the case in the '20s. Um, and uh, you know when Korea, you know they won a title, then they went back to the finals and lost. I think in games in seven games um, to the Celtics, they lost in seven games. Yes. Kareem Kareem asks to be traded, and that's it. They haven't been back since. Um, took them 40 years to get another player anywhere in the same ballpark as Kareem. And they've had some right. very good teams. They've had some yes. very good teams. But the guys been forcing their way to the Lakers for generations, superstars. Just, they had uh, Marquise Johnson, right? Uh, um, Sidney Moncrief. They had those teams in the great teams of the yeah. 80s with Lanier and Sidney Moncrief and uh, Junior Bridgman. And they had the the Ray Allen, Glenn Robinson. Michael uh, Red, Michael Red teams. And, um, you know, they've had some really good teams. They won a lot of games here. but. Yeah. You know, they had the, a, you don't get you don't get top five players in the league. Like you get them. There's a, there's a reason there's only a handful of them in the league, right? You only get them unless you're the Lakers, basically, a handful of times. Ever. Right, which is why when you trade a guy like James Harden, you have to say to yourself, we may not have a guy like this for 25 years. I mean, they or, had or 40, right? 40 is a little extreme, but you know, uh, they had well, Elijah. You say Warren. that. You say that, they, but I mean, look, right. it, it's we're talking about one of the five best players in the NBA on your team at one time. And often there's a couple of them. There's been plenty of times and a couple of them have been on one team. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyeho Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the hypnotic team. Every season is hypnotic and tequila season. Hypnotic liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Vivid Seats wants you to get to the games you love this spring. Experience every pitch, assist, and game-winning shot live and in person. And the best part? Each transaction is a step toward a free 11th ticket with Vivid Seat Rewards. Score unbeatable perks like free tickets, surprise seat upgrades, and annual birthday deals. As official ticketing partner of ESPN, Vivid Seats is offering you $20 off your first $200 ticket purchase with code HOOP. That's code HOOP, H-O-O-P. Visit vividseats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats, experience it live. Right? As a quick so side like, note, since we're talking about Bucks greats, um, if you follow this guy on Twitter, you will know he's uh, he's just the king of um, what you call him the meme king. I, is that even meme? He he, Josiah Johnson. It's Marquise Johnson's son. How about that? Oh, how about that? Bucks royalty. Oh five a.m. About one oh five a.m. I have a very important question. Okay. Why do people not clown Little Wayne for how he switches teams like um 
the wind blows. Well, can he's getting clowned for his hair. Me? Can you inform me on Lil Wayne's uh, team switching? I, I don't. I did not know he was. Uh, I mean, Drake he's Drake before. He, before right now, honestly, you you could say that Chris Paul and him go all the way back to New Orleans when when CP3 was just getting started. But yeah, little we Chris Paul just clinches his first Finals berth, and you know he's hugging this long haired. Uh, you know, this long haired human being on the, uh, on you the see, court. You see someone with long blonde hair from the back. Yeah. You and, don't know who it is. And it's a small, it's a short person, you know, it looked like a woman. I'm just, let's just, just, just be honest. Just be honest. Yeah. And we just lost uh bond temps, by the way. Oh, yeah. Okay. So we can pick back up with little wheezy. He said his computer, Sorry, my computer, his computer. My computer died. I'll be right back. I was trying to quietly plug it in. Ran out of time. LOL. I read all Bond Temp's texts in my Bond Temp slash uh, butthead voice. <laughs> he is very. Uh, he is very um, imitatable. <laughs> he is. He he butt faced me the other day. What does he, that mean? I mean, he FaceTimed me, you know, pocket FaceTime dial, a butt face. Oh, okay. And I, and I told him that I was not very happy to get a, uh, or I'm sorry, a face butt. I wasn't happy to get a face butt from a butt face. <laughs> Hello. Uh, sorry about that. All right. You back? Can we pick up a little, a little wheezy? Uh, yeah, I, I, uh, yeah, I think my computer was, I heard you talking when, uh, I heard you talking when, uh, I when my thing cut out. So yeah, I think we could start there. Yeah, so little wheezy, you know, bust through the uh I guess he's sitting court side so bust out on the court hugging CP3 right after CP3 clinches first finals birth a, a touching moment. Uh when he came out there, I'm watching at home with my fiance. All she sees is this huge mane of uh of of blonde hair, you know, <laughs> hugging on Chris Paul, you know, looked like an elderly uh an elderly person, <laughs> and she goes, she goes, she goes. Oh, how cute! Chris Paul's got his mom out of the way. He's like, he's like waving and smiling at his family up in the suite. It wasn't, un, it wasn't yeah. unrealistic to think that said they came down. <laughs> yeah, you know, I was like, no, that's not his mom. That's a little easy. I'll give him a. I guess I'll give him a semi pass because he, you know, he was really there as a Chris Paul fan, not a Suns fan. Yeah, but going, the, going back I've to the seen, Big Easy way back when, but yeah. I know, but I've seen him rooting for and against a lot of different. Well, how about Chris Paul just like years. storming into the fans stands repeatedly? Uh, you know, he was just—I mean, I know he just immediately was in the COVID protocols, but like everybody else was like within the ropes on the court, and he's just running into the stands, running right. back out, running into the stands, running back out. I was like, what is going on right now? <laughs> the protocols were dropped. Uh, By the way, Chris Paul, the the who was picked the last time. It was in the draft class the last time the Bucks had the number one overall pick. Look at you, way back, it back. way back in the in the Andrew Bogut days. Yeah. Um. So I don't have an answer to this, um, and it's a weird thing to. I'm going to be honest with you. It's a weird thing to try to get an answer on. Um. So I just really didn't uh, chase it, and maybe there's a. Maybe there's a really, really good explainable answer, you know, mm-hmm. but this was obviously the biggest moment in Chris Paul's career. 
Okay. And we knew going into the game that it was potentially one of the biggest moments in his career. He didn't know he was going to have one of the greatest halves of scoring in the history of the Western Conference Finals because he had 31 in the second half. But do you guys find it going? Do you guys find it a little bit interesting that two umber, two other members of the Banana Boat crew were down the street? It was very it was it was very interesting the they were at the Sparks game instead of at Staples Center. I, I did find that very interesting. Yeah, and obviously, hey, all four support in the WNBA, but you know, game oh, six that, yeah, of the West not, Finals, yeah, Chris that's, Paul's got a chance to finally punch his uh punch his ticket to the finals like you one of your best friends at that yeah that's, i raised my eyebrow and wondered about that Yeah, that's no criticism of the WNBA at all they could have been at they could have been at a movie and it would have been the same thing it's that like well, i i was in i mean they could have had fifteen thousand things that they were doing but they were literally in downtown well, no, that's, Los Angeles that's, what, at a, well, that's what i'm saying i was at i was at the final game of uh Dwayne wade's retirement tour in brooklyn and i think chris paul was there and definitely LeBron and yeah, uh, Carmelo were there, um, and uh, uh, and like you said, I I immediately was like, wait a minute, they were at the Sparks Aces game last night instead of at Game Six. Clear, like it's literally the next building over. It's literally the next building over. Yeah, it was, man, maybe they couldn't get tickets. I was I, yeah, LeBron does have trouble getting tickets at Staples Center. <laughs> yeah, That's true. I don't know. Um, I wish I could give you some sort of insight. I don't we'll have see if they'll any. be at um, any finals games. You know, um, yeah, I mean, look, and by the way, he was still, they were still there. I mean, for all I know, they came over and saw him and uh, celebrated afterwards. Well, it's especially I mean, amusing since LeBron has the, been live uh, tweeting the NBA playoffs from home. Uh, he's been tweeting about all these games and everything that's been going on. So made it all the more interesting from my end. Well, I mean, Little little Wheezy made it in. <laughs> you know, I mean, like um, maybe Little Wheezy's gonna get. Maybe there's a new banana boat crew starring Chris Paul and Little Wheezy, and find a couple more people. And there's and a new way, banana I, boat I don't crew. mean to mean that. I don't mean to say. Oh, that Little Wheezy steer. I don't mean to say like. I thought LeBron would come onto the floor. That's not how he rolls, and you know, I'm sure he communicated with him after the game. But the Suns hightailed it out of there. They were back. Um, in Phoenix, going there was like a there was a parade in the middle of the night at Phoenix Airport when they landed. Oh. Um, the, the players were going down in between fans, going out of their sunroofs like they were. They did the same thing, <laughs> I think, after the conference uh, semifinals against Denver too, if I remember did right. They? I think so. Yeah. Well, here's the thing: um, the the Suns are having this amazing run that was not. The fans there didn't expect it. I mean, they were just hoping they would somehow claw into the playoffs for the first time in a decade. Right. So, um, I've you know I can relate to this. Um, I'm a big Ohio State football fan, and when they oh, won that's the national the underdogs, huh? Well, yeah, right. Nothing. They have nothing ever go their way. But when they won the national title in, um, I think, uh, fifteen, the last time they won it, they're they're they're. Their first string quarterback got hurt in the preseason. Their second string quarterback got hurt in the middle of the Michigan game. And they go to a third string quarterback who Cardale Jones. You know, we barely knew was on the roster. And not only was the run incredible, they pulled off a couple of uh, they pulled off a huge upside of Alabama, but we did not as a fan base, we did not expect it. It was just and so I mean obviously they were a good team, but 
the joy of having unexpected success like that. You know, if you're the if you're a Warriors fan, you're not going to be as excited in 2018 as you were in 2014. It's just not going to it's not going to be the yeah. same. So I I mean, there's some people who have said, oh, well, the Suns, you know, act like you've been there before. No, don't act they, like you've been they, there before. But, but, and, but they have enjoy it. And also, they're absolutely demolishing everybody in their path. And you can talk about their, you know, run across teams with these injuries and that, whatever. What Chris Paul did last night, like that was historic stuff, you know, especially considering his his career arc and to do it, you know, in the Staples Center, 41 points, no turnovers, just absolutely dominant. His nemesis Patrick uh, Beverly getting ejected yeah. for two hand shoving him in the back insanely with four minutes to go. <laughs> By the way, I, I was writing I wrote about the game last night and I was in on all the Suns post game interviews. Uh nobody <laughs> nobody asked Chris Paul about Beverly. Really? He was, yeah, he was so in the moment. And by the way, like uh, uh I you know I you know, there's a bunch of people asking questions. Not everybody got to ask, so I'm not indicting everybody. But Chris Paul was so euphoric, and midway through the um, the the interview, Devin Booker came and set the the trophy down next to him. It's the first, yeah. you know, of any kind. Chris has won. Uh, you know, um, well, you know, what? You know he, honestly, <laughs> good because that was such a it was such a goon move by Patrick Beverly to do that. That like it. I don't know. I'm almost glad it didn't get brought up. Like it was just such an absurd thing to do. Like it's, you know, yeah. Well, place that. Is, is that Beverly and Chris Paul use some of the, uh, not the same tactics, but they're both guilty of. They both, oh, they're, they're, doing, they're both, they're they both professional. No, go ahead. They're professional pisser offers. That's what they yes. are. But with Chris, Chris Paul's Paul, just a ridiculously it, skilled professional pisser offer. Right. When, that was just such you don't you don't hit somebody in the back, frankly. Yeah, it was bottom league. And and it look, that was it was an it was an admission of utter humiliation. You're right. Because he had I mean, Chris Paul scored 31 in the second half. He's out there, you know, going you know, gnashing as as they call it, going underneath the hoop behind his back and just knocking down jumpers, seven of eight from three, you know, get whatever pull up he wanted. Poor Boogie Cousins, like, man, it's... It took him a minute to figure out, you know, they they, they brought the zone in in game five, and it just, the Suns weren't ready for it. Um, They were ready for it in game six. I'll tell you what, they're just, the Suns are really, really, really well coached. Yeah, Um, and and look, Chris was rusty when he came back from from COVID. Like, he didn't, he shot terribly for a couple games, (laughs) and then he more than made up for it in game six. Well, I have to say, you know, as going into game six, I'm sitting there saying, you know, the Clippers have really kind of been the better team after game one. You know, they they lost game two on that, that miraculous play, uh, the Clippers. Um, mm-hmm. They were right in it in game uh, four, uh, down to the last 10 seconds. The, the Suns are... The Suns, one of the Suns' greatest weapons that they have is their free throw shooting. Um, they've won 12 consecutive games, dating back to the regular season. 12 consecutive games they have won uh, that have been decided by five points or less. And I looked at the numbers trying to figure out how they do that. I was like, do they shoot much better? Like, are they holding the opponents to 
a lot lower percentage than no, actually they shoot worse than their opponents in clutch time in those wins in those 12 wins in the wins, not just all season in the wins, they're shooting less than their opponents. So I was like, well, maybe they just don't turn the ball over. And you know what, uh, what executives were talking to me about today? Uh, more than one that I talked to for the ones who get it done. Ranger offers high quality supplies and solutions for every industry as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call or click ranger.com or just stop by. You can now stream the most MLB games on DirecTV without a satellite dish. Yes, catch the clutch hitch, strikeouts, grand salamis, web gems with nothing on your roof. So who's ever up there, whether it's the roofers, Santa, birds, old-timey chimney sweeps, moody teenagers, thrill-seeking raccoons, you name it, they won't find a satellite dish. But you will find your MLB games on DirecTV. That means DirecTV is your home for baseball this season. Root, root, root with nothing on your roof. Yes, stream your team. Call 1-800-DIRECTV or visit DirecTV.com. Sign up today. Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. Chris Paul, what's going to happen if slash when Chris Paul opts out of that contract? Yeah, I he's actually have so good this year. He's going to get a lot of money to sign somewhere, whether it's to resign with the Suns or go somewhere else. Yeah, does he want to go to New York? I mean, but look, let, let you know what though. Let let's let the Suns uh, play the finals, and I think we can hold off until after that to speculate on Chris Paul's next. Well, right, but I think the point is the guy's the guy looks like he's got a lot left in the tank. Oh yeah, no, he's going to get a huge contract. Like <laughs> he ain't, you know, he, he'll opt out probably of forty four mil and not take much of a haircut in the first year and get two years added on to it. Yeah, I mean, there's a, that is a discussion for later for sure, but. Um, uh, it's a you know in the, the the people who live in the world of the NBA, that's what they're talking about today. Right, right. Uh, <clears throat> because they're like, now what's going to happen here? And um, it's all uh, coming up Chris Paul right now. But yeah. I think I think we can let we can let Chris Paul bask in the glory of one of the great all time point guard playoff performances uh, in storyline fashion and, and get ready I- for the finals. I have I called it uh, I couldn't call it the most improbable. I didn't have the research to back, but I called it one of the most improbable uh, runs to the finals in league history. Yeah, look, he's putting he he had already obviously established himself as a no brainer Hall of Famer, but you know he's 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 putting the finishing touches on uh, a legendary resume and still has a lot of juice left in the tank. Do you put juice in a tank? <laughs> sure, yeah, it's not going right. to run that well, but um, yeah. So, and they're, they're now they're going to get some time off and let Devin Booker's nose heal, and Chris Paul get stronger, and everybody gets some rest. You know, one of the things I was talking to um, to a guy who knows the Suns really, really well. Um, I wish I, um, you know what? I, I'll just say who it is. Um, David Kevin, you should follow him on Twitter. Um, the four-point play. Uh, the four is Roman numeral. This guy has probably watched more Suns basketball than maybe anybody but Robert Sarver in the last decade. And um, he he um, 
he lives in Australia and he watches the games in the middle of the night. And um, he, he does a lot of analysis on them. And he, you know, did analysis on them when they were winning 22 games. You know, um, he's not uh, Johnny come lately like a lot of people are. And he was just saying, you know, that Aiton, um, you know, sometimes, you know, Aiton sometimes gets tired. And, um, and when he gets tired, he, his, uh, his just, you know, like anybody, his execution goes down. Cause I thought Aiton uh, in the last couple of games just didn't look quite right. And so mm-hmm. even though he's not injured and, um, uh, you know, is still pretty young, Aiton's never had a run like this before. So, you know, this isn't just going to charge the guys who have negative energy. It's or who have negative injuries. It's going to recharge all of those guys. And, you know, if Atlanta wins another game here and forces game seven, you know, we're, we're talking the middle of the end of next week before the final start, the Suns are going to have home court no matter what bond temps. And they're going to have such a great rest advantage, which people talk rest versus rust in a lot of years. Cause they don't have, they don't have anything to talk about um, in between series. Well, let me tell you something in 2021 rest is what you want. Well, and health, yeah. and they've got that too. Yeah, they're the healthy team and they're the rested team. That's a pretty good combination if you're going into the NBA Finals to be the healthier and more rested team both. And that's uh, no matter who they get, whether the Hawks come back or whether the Bucks close this thing out, uh, they're going to be playing the team that's that's not as healthy in them and is certainly not as rested as them. And here's the other thing. Finals. So they've been, around, they've been around since 1968. So what is that? That's 50... Three years. Yeah. This is their best chance they've ever had. It may be the best chance they ever have. This is it. Um, and what this a is why. line with Tory Craig's Revenge Series. <laughs> well, this is why. <laughs> it's, um, you know, maybe the, the luck. Me, dude. The karma, potentially the, the karma if the Bucks win one more, the karma on Luol Cinder coin flip. Um <laughs> You know, this is why, you know, I see people complaining about the injuries and, you know, they start talking about asterisks. It drives me crazy. The dumbest, it's the dumbest conversation, the absolute dumbest conversation, the asterisk conversation. Whatever. The rings and trophies are going to be real shiny and expensive. So call it what you want. You can remember every single. If Chris Paul or, you know, whoever wins it, but especially Chris Paul, if he wins this, like, he ain't got to apologize for any sort of. Uh, you know, bad luck in the playoffs. Right. You, if, yeah, if you go back through every season in NBA history, you can, you can asterisk each year based off of guys getting hurt or whatever, if you want. Our, it's our it's just Tom the Hader dumbest Hader conversation. He has. That's right. And it's, I, it's, I love Tom it's and, just, and Bill Simmons has done the same thing. Um, he wrote in his book of basketball that he wrote, which was like, you know, one of the great anthologies ever written about the game. He goes, you know, basically year, basically years the Celtics didn't win it. You know, if you want to be honest, he finds all these reasons why they didn't. But put that aside. Well, Tom um, did it sarcastically. Tom, yeah, was, but Tom's still, point was that Tom's point was that it's silly. That I was know, his point. I, it was a, it was a satirical article. I know, but I still don't like it because it doesn't because because even discussing it irritates me. And so, like you know, if just just in the Suns' history, okay, they lose a coin flip. In 76, they are in the finals against the Celtics and they play a triple overtime game in game five in a 2-2 series and lose when Paul Silas called the timeout that didn't have, which is lost history. People don't, don't ever think about They only think about um, uh, Chris Weber. But um, people, some people believe 
that that game, which was a triple overtime game in game five of the finals, uh, back when the games were shown on tape delay, is the greatest game in NBA history. Um, uh, they lose that game, and then they lose the series. Um, they have the greatest team they've ever had in 93. Charles Barkley's the top of his game, MVP. They run into Jordan. Uh, the Steve Nash era, the one year they're like tearing the league apart. Joe Johnson falls and breaks his uh, bone in his face and is not the same player, and they lose. And then two years later, Steve Nash gets checked into the scorer's table. Amari Stoudemire runs up to do it. He gets suspended, and they lose in that year, which is a year that they could have won. They lost to the Spurs, who ended up winning the title. That was the year that um, whoever was going to get to the finals was going to devastate the Cavs. Ended up being the the Spurs and not the Suns, probably because Amari Stoudemire ran up after Robert Ory body-checked Steve Nash. You don't look at the Suns and say that they've uh, not had – um, things go against them. So if things go their way, and you said it, McMahon, Chris Paul, I think has had three different playoffs, three different injuries in the playoffs that ended his playoffs during. His yeah, playoffs. plus a couple to Blake. Right. Yep. For sure. So I just um, you win a title, you win a title. Period. The rest of yeah, the stuff I doesn't just, matter. I mean, I feel bad. I mean, like, yes, I feel bad that that uh, Anthony Davis got hurt. I feel bad that Jamal Murray wasn't out there. I feel, you know, I feel bad uh, that, 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 you know, this series didn't include Kawhi Leonard. But, you know, what are you going to do? You know, yeah, this, I mean, this it doesn't cheapen. Do. It doesn't cheapen the accomplishment, and any discussion of it is stupid. Yeah. So they. So no, it. no more asterisk stories, or you will get on the bad side of Brian Windhorst and the ombudsman. I, so but seriously, like the other day, I was on Mike Greenberg's radio show, mm, name drop. and I was in a feisty mood because of something else that had happened with uh, somebody who was doing repairs at my house, if you must know, and I was pretty irritated about, you know, that turn of events. And um, <laughs> We, we and, must not you know, know, but thanks for sharing. First, first, yeah. first world windy. Here we go. It, well, it was. It was a first world problem, but I was pissed off, okay? And Greeny, I was on his radio show, and he brought up this asterisk thing, and I got... I got out. I got a, a little, little I got a little out there. I got a little. I got a little out there on it. And now he wants. I'm. I'm. Do, I'm doing first take in a few. Uh, not first take, but get up in a few hours. He's gonna ask me about it again, and I think he's gonna expect that I go. I go wild again. I'm not. I'm not sure that I'm gonna be able to. But it does. It does start moving my blood um, because uh, it just something I just don't like. Um, and uh, and so I say, Suns fans enjoy every moment of this and don't listen to anybody who tries to say anything about how this is somehow less than listen anybody starts talking that stuff what you do is you grab them right by the the neck if they're wearing a chain grab that chain pull down and uppercut a bunch of times (laughs) (laughs) we don't um we don't sons sons of four Sons in four. <laughs> Unlike the yeah, that was that was the one karma thing that uh by the way, I loved I love that when there when there then was fights um at this the at, you know during the Suns Nuggets series back in Phoenix, they had to put out a statement saying we don't condone fighting. <laughs> yeah, it, like truly, hey, I, I, I know this guy had courtside seats and autographs right, and everything, right. but like it was it was just it one was good so meme. In- we don't need another. <laughs> 
it was so insane that they completely embraced that. That was that was the craziest part of that whole thing. It's like here's this crazy guy on the internet beating the crap out of some Nuggets fan. Then the next thing you know, he's like you said, he's like getting fed it at the games. It's like, well, well, what it, is going it, on? It, in his defense, it was self defense. The Nuggets fan earned an ass whooping and he just delivered it. So right. he did not I understand. Just saying. I understand. I understand. I understand. It still was a. It still was an odd move from an NBA team to celebrate some guy getting in a fist fight at a at an NBA game. That was a was a weird. That was a weird move. It was also exactly wouldn't punt, he wouldn't push that. Guy. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? You're right about that. Also tonight in Milwaukee, um, the Bucks fans went to one of their favorite chants, which was Bucks and Six. <laughs> Which dates back to Brandon Jennings, <laughs> infamously. Um, I was covering the Heat at the time, and um, the Bucks were playing the Heat in the first round. I, I don't. It might have been a two seven, maybe it was a one eight series. I can't remember what year it was. And Brandon Jennings rather infamously <laughs> predicted, you know, very loudly that the Bucks would win in six. I mean, you know, what are you supposed to do? You're yeah. supposed to say, "No, nah, we're we'll be lucky to take a game." I mean, you may believe that, but you can't say that. Um, but you know, bucks and six became like a bit of a thing. And so, uh, you know, not, not, doesn't have the same connotation as sons and four, <laughs> but, uh, they were enjoying that tonight. Um, all right. Well, we are uh, very close. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm excited about guys. I'm excited about there actually not being a game Friday night. Cause I need to get some, <laughs> get some rest. You, you, you taking uh wifey out to dinner. Uh, I haven't gotten to that point. I'm going, uh, hour to hour at this point. Uh, um, you, it sounds like you are, or your I mean, fiance. Out to I dinner. mean, I'm just, I'm just making a suggestion. Yeah. Well, I have a three-year-old, so, um, you know, out to dinner is a relative term. Um, all right. Well, thank you for listening to Hoop Collective podcast. Um, thanks to our producer Jackson for staying up late. It's, uh, one Eastern now. Thanks to Bontemps who had to do, uh, print work and television work. He had to uh, set up a whole essay for tonight's sports centers or tomorrow's sports centers. I don't know, but he's, you know, and then came and, um, and, uh, and did this podcast in the middle of the night in Milwaukee, by the way, he forgot to plug his computer in and midway through this podcast, his computer died, but we're going to give him a pass on that. He's a multimedia star, not an IT whiz. <laughs> well, I was trying oh, not to make any noise and clearly I didn't get there uh, fast enough, but no, it's always words. can't, can't miss a pod. Can't miss a pod. That's right. Thank you for listening. Thank you uh, for supporting the Hoop Collective podcast. And we will talk to you next week when we will know who's in the final. Adios amigos. Adios amigos.